I want to start off today's message with a, a light and playful game. I, I call it the better game. So I have a couple of pictures up for you, and when you see it, uh, just tell me or blurt out what you think is better, okay? So here's the first, okay? There you go. All right, what's better here, right? What's better? Yeah, pizza, okay? I, I know there are some health nerds nowadays. I know that's the cool and hip thing, but you know, clearly uh, pizza, or New York pizza, is better than radish, right? Uh, well, that's, that's clear. Next, what's better? Yeah, well, you know, they actually, uh, Toys R Us just declared something this week, so clearly Amazon is better, right? How about this? Costco's, yes, yes, that's right. We live in, we live in Montgomery County, and um, uh, otherwise known as Costco County, right? Uh, you know, if you are BJ's uh, person, you know, it's, it's okay, uh, but Costco's is clearly uh, superior. It's better, right? Okay, how about this? Ooh. Yeah, yeah. I'll just, I'll just go like this, right? Uh, or, or, you know what, if, if this is a bit controversial for us, for you and I, maybe this, right? All right, all right. Well, clearly the Eagles are better. Uh, they, they're Super Bowl champs this year. Now, how about this? Jesus or the Holy Spirit? See, this is the question that, that I wanna think about this morning. I want to ask the question, what is better for us now? Is it better for us to have Jesus as the disciples had Jesus, or is it better for us to have the Holy Spirit? You see, you know, as Christians, it's not uncommon to wish that we had Jesus in the same way that the disciples had Jesus. Now, how many times have you wished that you can see Jesus, that you can have Jesus, just as the disciples had Jesus. I mean, don't you wish that you can see Jesus in the flesh? That you can look into his eyes and see the color of his eyes? That you can see him in his stature, how tall he was, to see how long his hair ran down? I mean, don't you desire to see how he walked? To see his mannerisms? to see how his eyebrows moved every time he opened his mouth to talk. I mean, what kind of effect would it have if we actually got to hear the words of Jesus from his own mouth, to hear the words of Jesus with his own accents and his own tones in his own voice? That would leave an indelible impression upon us. I mean, as we have gone through the the Gospel of John, and we read of this beloved disciple who actually laid his head on the chest of Jesus. I mean, wouldn't you want that? To physically recline and to dine with Jesus himself, to break bread and to drink from the same cup. Would you rather have Jesus as the disciples had him? I mean, right now. Would you rather have Jesus as the disciples had him right now, standing on this very place, teaching and preaching to us? Or would you rather have what we have right now, which is the Holy Spirit? 
Most, if not all, would say Jesus. Yes, give me Jesus. If Jesus was here, he would help my unbelief. If Jesus was here, he would comfort me in my doubt. If Jesus was here, he would soften my hardened heart. If Jesus was here, he would really fire me up. I would do something different. I would live my life differently. You know what Jesus himself tells us? In today's passage, Jesus tells us that it's better for us to have what we have now, the Holy Spirit. This is John 16, 7. He says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage. It is better for you that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come. Jesus says, it's better that I leave and that you have the Holy Spirit. Now, this is hard to accept. It's a hard pill to swallow. Today, I want to explore the reasons why it's better for us to have the Holy Spirit. And there are three things in particular. This is what the Holy Spirit does, as Jesus tells us in his farewell discourse. The Holy Spirit teaches, he will dwell, and he will witness. And we'll look at these three things, okay? The first reason why Jesus says it's better for us to have the Holy Spirit is because the Spirit will continue to teach us the words of Christ, This is John 14, 25 and 26. Jesus says this, These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. You know, as we've been going through John and as you've been reading it and studying in your community groups, have you ever noticed that in John, there are, these, there are verses that go like this, right? It's, it goes something like this. Jesus said this, but the disciples really didn't know what Jesus meant. But after his resurrection, they understood or they remembered. You see, this type of, this looking back or this retrospection, this remembering that happens frequently throughout the Gospels happened because the Holy Spirit was reminding the disciples of Jesus' words. See, as the Holy Spirit was given to the disciples after Jesus departed, the Holy Spirit called into remembrance, the Holy Spirit reminded the disciples of Jesus' words, And so, with that remembrance, disciples were able to write the Gospels. And so, the books that we have in front of us, particularly Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're not personal memoirs or personal journal entries, but the Gospels that we have in front of us are the words of Christ that the Holy Spirit has called into remembrance The Gospels are the written accounts of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Now, not only with respect to remembrance, but also uh, uh, Jesus tells us here that the Holy Spirit would guide the disciples in truth and the Holy Spirit would continue to speak the words of truth. John 16, 11, or 12 to 15 says this, I still have many things to say to you, but I can't bear them now. Jesus says, I have much more to say, but I can't tell you now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He will take what is mine and he will declare it to you. In other words, after Jesus departs, he says this, the Holy Spirit 
will continue to speak my words to you. And then the disciples, with this, as the Spirit continues to declare the words of Christ, the disciples then go on to declare these words in written and in oral form to the churches of Jesus Christ. And so what we find in the New Testament, all the letters, the letters to the Romans, to the Galatians, to the Ephesians, all of these letters found in the New Testament, they are not primarily the words of a man to a church, but they are primarily the words of Jesus through the Holy Spirit by the instruments of the disciples. In other words, they are the words of Christ. You see, this is what the Holy Spirit does. As the Holy Spirit is given to the disciples, they go on remembering Jesus' words and having more words declared to them, and they go on and they declare these things to the churches. So just to put it clearly, or to plainly, the Holy Spirit reveals more of Jesus. The Holy Spirit speaks more of Jesus' words. It brings to remembrance more of what Jesus said. That's why Jesus says it's actually better that you have the Spirit. Because without the Holy Spirit, the church, we would not have the words of Jesus in written form. You see, that is why Jesus says, it's better that I leave. Because now, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, we have the words of Christ in the Word of God. Now, this ministry of the Holy Spirit is still present and active, but I, I do, need to, um, do need to say, just to qualify this just a bit. Now, we believe that the verbal inspiration of the Holy Spirit is no more, okay? We believe that uh, the Holy Spirit no longer speaks a new word of God, okay? We don't, that's what we believe. The end of Revelation makes that quite clear. It ends with anyone who adds or takes away will be accursed. So we don't believe uh, that the Spirit will continue to speak new inspired words of God, okay? So if anyone, if anyone uh, says or claims that they have a word from God, or if anyone says, hey, the Holy Spirit is literally speaking through me, uh, you have to be careful. But the ministry of the Holy Spirit, as we find in the church, continues on in that it illuminates the Word of God that we have in the pages of Scripture in new and fresh ways. So in other words, the Holy Spirit doesn't give new words, but it takes the words that were given and they make it new and fresh to us every day. The Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to continue to teach us the words of Christ. Now, Christians, I think you know what this is like. If you've been a Christian for some time, you, you know what this is like, right? There's a verse or a passage that you know quite well, right? You probably read it or heard it multiple times, but then what happens? There's this aha moment, right? All of a sudden, yes, you, you've known something, but all of a sudden, it just, it hits you like that. There's an illumination with the Word of God. And you've understood it before, but then, bam, you get it. After that illumination, that's when you 
actually understand it. For instance, we all know that we're sinners, right? Scripture tells us that we're sinners, right? And, and I, can, I can tell you that you're a sinner in, in many, many different ways. I can, I can repeat it, and I can say it in different ways. I can say, you're a sinner. You are a sinner. You're a sinner, right? And I can say it in many, many different ways. I can say it the Baptist way. You're a sinner, right? I can say it the Presbyterian way. You are an eloquent sinner, right? I can say it in many, many different ways, right? And you can know that. But when is it that you actually repent? When there's illumination, when the Spirit actually convicts you, and then you get it, you're like, wow, I am a sinner. And that's when you repent. You know, I was in uh, community groups a few weeks back, and uh, there was this one individual who uh, shared, shared, with, shared with me that, um, you know, there was this particular week, she somehow, you know, she was able to meditate upon uh, the concept of uh, redemption, right? Uh, th this, this idea that God redeems, that God redeems. And this person said, you know what? I knew what redemption meant. I, I know what the word redeem means, but as I was thinking upon it, more and more, I got it. I understood what it meant. I understood the beauty of redemption. You know, and, and, I, and I told that individual, that's amazing because that's the same thing that happened to me a few years back. Yeah, we, we all know what the word redemption is. We all know that the gospel is redemption, that God redeems us. But when you actually understand, oh, it's redemption, you just get it like a light bulb switches on, and that's what it is. And you understand more and more the greater beauty and the depth of the gospel. See, this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, revealing and illuminating God's word in our hearts. And you know, to this day, as we gather and sit week in and week out under the preaching and the teaching of God's Word, as we study His Word in our community groups, as we, meditate it upon, as we meditate upon God's Word in private, it's the work of the Holy Spirit that continues to illuminate, that continues to bring to light God's Word. It's the Spirit that inscribes it on, in our hearts. It's the Spirit that teaches us this Word. Now, I know some of you might still be thinking, but I think Jesus would still be better. I think Jesus, having Jesus would just, it would be so awesome. It would be much, much better. But let me ask you, would Jesus in one location teaching one particular crowd be better? Or the Holy Spirit illuminating and teaching the written word of God to all people throughout all the world in all different languages. What is better? Would Jesus at one church be better? Or the Holy Spirit, as he is doing now, bringing the word of God to millions, if not billions of people at a time? That's why Jesus says, it's better that I go, because the Spirit, He will teach. He will guide you in all truth. <clears throat> the second thing that the Spirit says, uh, that Christ says, the Spirit will dwell. He will dwell. John 14, 17, Jesus says this, you know Him, as He's referring to the Spirit, for He dwells with you, and He will be in you. Jesus says, it's better that I leave, because the Holy Spirit will dwell with you. You. 
Now, I have to explain this a bit because uh, there are lots of misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit in, in today's church. Hey, lots of people think that when the Bible says that the Spirit dwells in me, that, that this indwelling is some kind of a mysterious, immaterial power. Right? Some people think that, yes, when the Holy Spirit dwells in me, then I'm able to, you know, do all sorts of gifts, and there's all sorts of external manifestations. I'm able to see visions and, and do all sorts of things. I have all this power when the Spirit is in me, and I feel lighter. You know, it's like, oh, the Spirit is in me. You know, I feel much lighter. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of that, um, and, and I want to push back against that. I want to push back against that because uh, a lot of these understandings they uh, take uh, the Spirit too lightly. Okay. A lot of these understandings, they, they undervalue who and what the Spirit is and does. Okay. The Holy Spirit isn't some ambiguous, positive energy. Okay. The Holy Spirit is not this positive outlook on life. But the Holy Spirit, according to the Gospels, is the Spirit of Christ. Paul says this in Romans 8 and 9. I've abbreviated this, but if you look at this, okay, if you look at what um, Paul is saying here, it says, hey, you are not in the flesh, but you're in the Spirit. But then he says this, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. And so just in these two verses alone, you can see that Paul says, if you're not in the Spirit, it's the Spirit of God and the Spirit of Christ. And he's using these things or these terms interchangeably. They're all ways of describing the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So when we think about the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, as Jesus says in John 14, we must think of the Spirit of Christ or Christ himself dwelling in us. You know, there's something interesting here. A few verses later, we're going back to John 14. But in John 14, Jesus says this, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him, and we will make our home with him. Right? This is John 14, 23. Just earlier, John 14, 17, he says, the Spirit will dwell with you and be in you. A few verses later, John 14, 23, Jesus says, me and my Father, my Father and I will come and we will make our home with him. Right? Jesus himself is using these things interchangeably. He's saying, listen, the Spirit will dwell with you. And then a few verses later, he says, I will dwell with you. In other words, he sees these things as the same exact thing. And if you think about John 14 as a whole, it starts to make a little more sense. Because what's going on? Well, Jesus is leaving. He's departing, right? He's leaving and the disciples are worried. And what does Jesus say in John 14, verses 1 to 3? He says, I'm going. But the reason why I'm going is so that I can prepare a dwelling place for you. I'm going so that I can prepare a place for you in my Father's house. I'm going to prepare a monet. That's the word, a dwelling place, a monet. But in the meantime, while I am away from you in the flesh, I will come with my spirit, and I will make my dwelling place in you. The same word, monet. I will make my dwelling place in you. In other words, 
Jesus is saying this, while I am away, I am making a place for you in my Father's house, but while I am away, my Spirit will come and He will make a place in you. There's only two places where this word monet, dwelling place, is used in the entire New Testament. John 14.3, John 14.23. He's saying, while I am away, my spirit will dwell in you. And when I come back, you will dwell in my Father's house. That's why the Holy Spirit is so important. Because it unites us to Jesus while he is away. While Jesus is away, the Holy Spirit takes us and unites us to Jesus by dwelling within us. You know, um, there was a time when I was in high school when um, my relationship with my father became really strained. In fact, it was, in fact, non-existent. Um, my father was a very typical, hardworking immigrant father. And uh, that's not what bothered me. What bothered me was that I really had no relationship with my father. Uh, we barely talked. Uh, he wasn't affectionate. Uh, he never touched me, right? We had no physical contact. Uh, and we never spent time together. And growing up, I felt like I never knew my father. And this really hit me when I got into high school. Because, you know, high school is a time where you're starting to learn who you are. You're discovering yourself. And if you're trying to discover yourself without discovering, without knowing who your father is, then it, it, it gets somewhat difficult. It was during the sophomore year uh, in, when I was in high school. I was, I was working in the summer, and I had saved up enough. And I told my parents, you know what? I need to leave. Got a ticket to go to South Korea, my, my father's hometown. And I said, I'm going away for three months. So I went to South Korea for three months. And there, I had the chance to spend a lot of time with my uncle. My uncle, at that time, he was in between jobs. And uh, so we had the chance to spend lots of times together. We had a lot of meals together. We talked a lot. We spent lots of time together. And as I was spending time with my uncle, he started to tell me a lot about my father. He started to teach me about my dad. He taught me how he grew up. He taught me what he was like. He taught me his personality. He told me about him more and more. He even told me about his first girlfriend in high school. And I started to giggle. I could not have imagined it. I couldn't picture my dad in that way. As time passed, word got out in my uncle's neighborhood town that, that I was there. It was a small town. They didn't know me, but they knew my father. I was the son of Hansok. And so when I, whenever I would walk around and visit stores and roam the town, older people would just come up to me and ask, are you Hansok's son? And when I would say yes, they would remark things like, oh, did you know he was like this? You know, you look just like him. Did you know that he was a great swimmer? You know, your father, he's a very quiet man but he's a very loyal friend, so on and so on. And of course, I would go back and I would check all that information with my uncle. And it was through that, through that, that my, through my uncle, that I actually got to know my father more. He told me a lot about my father, and I learned a lot about him in his hometown. 
And when I, when I got back to the States and landed at JFK, I was surprised because my dad was waiting for me. And, and you know, you have to know, my dad never picked me up for anything. I took the bus at a very, very young age, either the bus or in Brooklyn, they call it the dollar van. I don't know if you guys know what a dollar van is, but it was either the bus or the dollar van. Those were the two, my two modes of transportation. But I was surprised because my dad was there. He was standing behind the glass. And when I came out, he touched me. For the first time in a long time, he touched me. Granted, it was actually a right jab to the shoulder. But for me, that was very, very affectionate. I've never felt something like that from my dad. He says, you know, welcome home. I felt his affection. You know, still to this day, I credit my uncle for helping me with my relationship with my father. He taught me a lot about my father. And as he taught me more and more about my dad, he, in a sense, he united us. He united us. See, Jesus, this is what he is teaching. He's saying that the Holy Spirit will teach you more about me. And the Holy Spirit will unite you to me. That is the role and the function of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, listen, I have a lot of things to tell you right now, but you're not going to understand, and so I'm not going to waste my breath. Yes, I'm going to leave, but the Holy Spirit will teach you. The Holy Spirit will guide you. The Holy Spirit will continue to dwell in you, and that is my spirit. The Spirit will unite you. You will be more intimate with me than ever because I'm going away. You will have the Spirit, and you will know me more. The final thing that uh, Jesus says that the Holy Spirit would do is the Holy Spirit would bear witness. Okay. Now, in, 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 this, in this farewell discourse in John 14 to in, into 17, uh, the Holy Spirit is referred to as the helper. But maybe in some of your Bibles, you might have a, uh, uh, a different translation. It might say um, uh, counselor or advocate. And, you know, when, when Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as a helper, uh, he's not referring to the Holy Spirit as a, a helper in the general sense, right? He's not saying, you know what, the Holy Spirit is going to help you. The Holy Spirit is going to help you get through the day. The Holy Spirit is going to, you know, help you do the dishes. You know, the Holy Spirit is going to, you know, help you to be more patient and yada, yada, yada. You know, it, that's, that's not what uh, Jesus is saying. You know, the Holy Spirit isn't like some pharmaceutical drug, right, that helps me get through the day uh, and the stress of the world. No. Uh, when Jesus says the Holy Spirit, he's your helper, uh, it, it's actually a really a restricted sense. He's talking about uh, the Holy Spirit as a helper in the legal sense or in the forensic sense. Okay. He's saying that the Holy Spirit is going to be an advocate. He's going to be a counselor, like, like a legal counselor. Right. And this is what he's speaking of. The Holy Spirit... When he comes, he will advocate for Jesus. He will advocate for him. And as we find here throughout, the Holy Spirit will bear witness to the world. The Holy Spirit, in a sense, with Jesus' departure, will stand up and tell the world that the message of Jesus is true. The Holy Spirit 
is another witness to the truth of the gospel. You know, back in Jesus' time, uh, whenever someone went to court, uh, they took with them an advocate. And an advocate or a counselor was not someone who had uh, expertise in legal matters. But usually when people went to court with an advocate, the advocate was someone who was extremely close to them, someone who knew that person really well, and someone who could vouch for that person. When Jesus says the Holy Spirit, the helper is going to come, he's saying that the Holy Spirit will stand up and he will vouch for Jesus. He will tell the world that the message of Christ is true. John 16, 8, when he comes, speaking of this helper, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. He will convict the world concerning these things. Um, you know, I, I certainly don't know who, uh, I don't know everyone here and uh, I don't know if you have accepted the gospel message. And some of you might still be confused and unsure of the fact that Jesus can be your savior. And I don't know if you're holding out on Jesus. I don't know if you need more evidence. I don't know if you're saying, you know what? I just need to see Jesus. But Christ is saying, I am leaving and my Holy Spirit I will give to you and the Holy Spirit will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict you this morning concerning your sin, concerning the righteousness available for those who receive Jesus, and concerning the judgment, judgment for those without a Savior. You know, if you're waiting for more evidence, if you're saying, you know what, I need more evidence, Jesus has already given his spirit as an advocate. And I pray that he convicts us all this morning. In closing, let me just say this. When Jesus departs, and when he gives us the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that we have less of Jesus. With Jesus himself leaving and giving us the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that we have less of Jesus. But the Holy Spirit means we have more of Jesus. The Spirit teaches us more about Jesus. The Spirit teaches us more about the words of Christ. The Spirit dwells in us, giving us more of Jesus. And the Spirit continues to bear witness of what Jesus has said and done, giving us more. The Spirit means that we have more of Jesus. That is why Christ says, it is better that I leave. Because believe it or not, you and I have more of Jesus than the disciples had. May the Spirit illuminate this truth for you all this morning. Let's pray.